Welcome to Flunking the Written, a fully spoiled Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast in which two uber fans break down every episode of the show. Join Kimberly and Megan every other Tuesday as they overanalyze each scene and discuss the Buffyverse at large. Now let's meet up with the Scoobies and get into this episode of Flunking the Written. What can I say? I flunked the written. Alright, Kim, it is time to get into our discussion of Lonely Heart, the second episode of Angel Ever. And the DVD blurb is another of Doyle's visions leads the newly formed Angel Investigations to a trendy bar where they face off against a worm-like demon who eviscerates its victims. It is also written by David Fury and directed by James A. Cartner. Somehow I forgot that line. Um, it's pretty accurate. It spoils the demon without really spoiling the demon in a weird way. <laughs> All right. Well, we start with our broody boy doing what he does best, being a broody boy. <laughs> of course. Yes. Just sitting in the dark, enjoying his broody self, having the time of his life when Doyle has to interrupt him. It's really quite rude. Of course. Well, Doyle is uh, needing him to invite Cordelia out. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, you know... He couldn't possibly do that himself. It's Friday night, and it's they need to go out, and he's he's kind of he's planting the seat. This is this is not a very subtle episode. (laughs) This episode is very. um, Everyone's very. I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is. I wrote it in my notes later. Okay, we'll get to to that. They're very later in the notes. (laughs) Yes, they're very later in the notes. I've got something to say. (laughs) But I noticed it in the first scene in the bar. So we'll we'll get to it soon. We'll get there. So in Doyle's pitch, right, to go out, you know, to toast the, the founding of Angel Investigations and to get Cordelia out at a bar he says that you know you got to get out into the world and involve yourself with people right that's that whole pitch from the from the first episode of like you know angel can't be too disconnected otherwise he might lose himself to his bloodlust and blah this and blah that yeah we've already discussed that yeah this episode beats this over your head though and there will be a phrase that is repeated four times throughout this episode (laughs) but is it only four are you sure because i I think it's more (laughs) Did you count? I, you I missed one. I searched the exact wording of the phrase. There's other times where it's close, but the exact wording four times. <laughs> it feels like that it was it's more. It's a lot. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. But yes, as they're discussing going out, Cordelia enters and she has business cards with some kind of shape on them that is hard to distinguish for our two gentlemen here. Yeah, but it always looked like an angel to it me. It does. <laughs> Nobody else in this entire city can tell it's an angel, but like, I'm always like, that's an angel. <laughs> like, it's very obviously an angel. So they're really excited about that. And about the time of that, Doyle has a vision and he does the thing with the, the horrible migraine and everything. And mm-hmm. the vision is of a nightclub. They think that they need to go to this nightclub, which is, I quote, a real meat market for the trendy hipster set. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. So uh, Angel's like, you got your wish, I guess. We'll all go out. So they go to the club, and it is called De Oblique is the name of the club, I think. Mm-hmm. Which does seem very trendy for <laughs> the early 2000s. Uh, oh, this bar, this bar. Before they arrive, though, we get the cutaway to the the first conquest of the episode. Yes. Where you see a blonde girl and then a guy sits down and he's super obvious that he's just a skis. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, you hate places like this, that kind of stuff. The amount of cheese, weird, weird, cringe. well, not even the cheese and the cringe. I come to embrace the cheese and the cringe of season one of Angel. Like, you know, I, I, I am rather fond of good. it. Yeah. This is not the good cringe. But it's, this is the, oh, my eyes cringe. But it is rough. Or I guess it's. This episode would be ears. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of lines. Yeah, there's a lot uh, of lines. uh, And she falls for it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Really easy. Um, Which kind of like, okay, so in the script, it describes her as dowdy and kind of plain. And then Mm -hmm. later on, Cordelia sees her and actually describes her as Sarah plain and tall. Mm -hmm. Okay, so like 
all dowdy plain people are not stupid. <laughs> and it it makes it seem kind of like she's, you know, she's so unattractive that she immediately believes every line this guy gives her. Even when they are, he's coming on so strong and they're so corny and overused. Oh, yeah. And she just falls for it. Yes. And like, okay, just because you are not gorgeous does not mean that you are that either oblivious mm-hmm. or desperate yeah and i kind of don't like the way it does that but she's her. also dowdy and she's also like in the way that they do like the teenage glam up you know unattractive girl to the real oh, pretty yeah, girl she's, she's beautiful just, but she's we're talking about absolutely in a show. absolutely gorgeous and then later she just puts on a little nicer top and then she's supposed to actually be considered attractive at that point i don't know like it's well, just yeah exactly. okay so you you could take like the most beautiful girl in the world if you want to make her look plain for tv or movie or whatever you just put her in a brown sweater yeah a ponytail and glasses yeah that's how you that's, that's how you convey is, that's how you convey she's unattractive not, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's not the act, the actress playing her is not actually unattractive. Yeah. <laughs> the character is supposed to be. But I always I mean. just find it funny that they 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 design these characters and then they just refuse to like actually cast anybody who's even slightly homely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're like, nah. <laughs> but anyway, okay, that's my little rant about that scene. Well, my whole thing like- my whole thing is like the misdirects, because of the way that this demon works where it bounces from body to body, the misdirects are so quick <laughs> that it almost seems like they're not even worth it. <laughs> yeah. I kind of wish I had remembered what it was like to watch this one specifically for the first time. Because like, you're never left questioning long enough, I think, to make you really start to theorize what's going yeah. on here. You have to watch it multiple times to see. Like, that happens in a lot of shows. Like, I rewatch Friends all the time because I'll just, I'll be watching it like doing something or whatever and I'll just turn it on and have it on the background. That's an incredibly problematic show. Oh yeah. <laughs> to watch in 2022. It wasn't though in 1997 or whenever. I graduated high school in 97 and it was on then, so I don't remember what year it started, but yeah. Yeah, you don't uh, you don't really think of it as being a problematic show and then you watch it and you're like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, this is this is not. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I don't know, I feel like the pacing of this episode really bothers me because it's it's slow in places, but it's also like the rapid fire of the way that the demon works means mm-hmm. that you really, you don't get to dwell in the mystery at all. Because I think basically you have the misdirect where you think it's the girl and then it's immediately revealed what the what's actually going on. And then it's just, there's one later on where it's a misdirect that lasts literally seconds. And it's hilarious to me. (laughs) It's like everyone in this episode goes with their first assumption for everything. Uh Uh-huh. And just continues that way. Yeah. Like Kate does. And it's just kind of, it's a whole lot of, why do you think that? Why are you doing, you know, what what is your motivation for what's happening here? (laughs) We have our, our... Ken and Barbie conversation with this lovely couple here and then uh, eventually it pans over and we see Angel, Cordelia, and Doyle arrive at this bar. So we we briefly touched on the bar itself, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take a moment right here to just talk about the amount of time that we are about to spend in this, in this bar. bar is it it threw me for a loop. Because I was watching it, and I was just like, oh, this is kind of like, you know, this is a fun setup. But, like, there's not been a lot of variety. And then I look down, and you're, like, a good 20 minutes in the episode, and you're like, oh, we're still just at this bar hanging out. Yeah. (laughs) Like, this entire evening of them trying to figure out what on earth the vision is, is just the longest, most meandering thing. (laughs) I agree. This Uh, this episode has, like, no direction. (laughs) So Angel suggests they split up, um, which means that Angel goes one direction and then Doyle follows Cordelia. That's how splitting up works. <laughs> and uh, Angel goes to the bar to talk about uh, to talk to the bartender uh, and asks if he's noticed anything unusual. And 
<laughs> Eventually, as Angel like stumbles over his words to try to like get to what he's actually looking for, he's he's saying anything out of the ordinary, possibly even dangerous. And then the bartender says, "Don't worry, it's early yet. The real hot women don't mosey in until around eleven. And this yeah. is further proof that I am not a real hot woman. <laughs> yeah, because I'm asleep. <laughs> I'm in bed." <laughs> And then Cordelia is just being like the best marketing person ever over here. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's just handing out the cards to everybody. If you're in trouble, just call this number. We can help. Hi. Being harassed by someone or something? Dial us up day or night. Hey, you look troubled. Or is that just your lazy eye? Anyway, call us. We're very Royal warns her that they might be taken as vigilanteism and they should be more careful. She wasn't really being very uh, tactful. So very Cordelia. Very Cordelia. Um, <laughs> then she uh, says that she is an actress and knows people without talking to them. And that's when she starts uh, looking at people and describing them and said, that one's a mama's boy. That one's self-absorbed. And then says, check out Sarah Plain and Tall. And says that she has money and that's the only way that the Calvin Klein model she's leaving with would be interested in her. Which we kind of already know because they've done done the whole she's, you know, homely and Yeah, everything. we've already had that. We've bounced around yeah. a lot already. <laughs> yeah. Then we get to see Angel who uh, has a guy walking away from him and Angel is like, I wasn't hitting on you. Seriously, I wasn't. I feel like Angel's experience in the city so far is just like interacting with guys who are... Assume that as he's gay. Yeah, assuming that he's gay. <laughs> that's just <laughs> that's just Angel's vibe for, for Los Angeles. Everybody's just automatically assuming. You know, he does take a lot of time on his hair <laughs> for someone who doesn't have a mirror. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> then we get uh, introduced to uh, a lovely blonde girl because Angel needs more of those in his life. <laughs> Yes, it's Kate. I remember being surprised the uh, first time I watched this that uh, she was a cop. So, mm -hmm. like, she actually had me convinced she wasn't. Yeah. You know. I think that's a misdirect that's actually, like, the reveal that she's a cop works as far as things that this show just kind of, like, this this specific episode is just like, oh, it's this guy. No, it's this guy. Oh, it's this. And oh, it's that. And, you know, this is the one that I think works well. I love, I love this performance. I love, I, you know, I really would have liked a little bit more of Kate than we got. I don't know if we needed mm -hmm. a lot more, but something to kind of round out her story a little bit better. But we'll, we'll, I'm sure, discuss Kate at length because she actually plays a, well, a pretty prominent role for a, a section of the show there. Well, and then she kind of just kind of drops off the show. Yeah. And there's a later, couple of, there's a couple of characters that kind of do that throughout the run of Angel. Some more, some more like dramatically than others. There's a lot of, in the ensemble cast and the way that Angel kind of works is that there's a lot of like background characters that you can tell that the writers were kind of trying to figure out whether they wanted to blend them in to be more of a main cast member or if they just wanted to phase them out. Um, and then they just kind of disappear. They just kind of disappear. But yeah, this is Kate. She's at the bar talking about how it's kind of the worst, but you know, what else is she going to do? She could just be at home alone, you know, who would want to do that? And Angel's just kind of talking about why he's there and he's saying that he's just looking for someone to rescue <laughs> and ask if maybe she's in need of some rescuing. Yes, uh, very smooth. Very, um, very good. <laughs> Kate in this episode, and I think we don't realize she's a cop because she does the desperate for a partner mm -hmm. thing so well. Yeah. Like she talks about her sister having kids and she's, you know, why can't she meet someone? And you can kind of tell she doesn't really trust Angel. Oh, yeah. Which makes no sense because I don't understand why she thinks the first person who hits on her is the one she's looking for, you know? Because she automatically suspects Angel. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, well, it's you. And I'm like, why, why is the first person hitting on you the one you think is the killer? Well, and it's it's weird because it seems like a, like a, almost like a jealousy thing or a vendetta thing at first. And not that she actually legitimately suspects him. And it's not until later that it's revealed that she's a cop that you're just like, oh, she's been tracking him because she thinks that he's the killer. But like... Is it is it confirmed that she's actually a a lonely heart where she wants to be like she wants to find someone at the bar 
Or is it that she's literally there because of the string of murders that's happened there? Oh, and no, that she's I think just that's scoping why she's it there. Out. Yeah. I think that's why she's there. I wasn't sure if it but, ever really fully explained that. But she plays that. it really well. Yeah. But I think and it's also weird that this is clearly Angel's first night there. And so if she's already there investigating the string of murders, why would she be so suspicious of Angel? Exactly. Exactly. Because this bar has a lot of regulars. <laughs> Um, enough regulars that the bartender knows, like, a lot of people. Yeah. So th- then we cut to Doyle and Cordelia again. And Cordelia's kind of asking him about the visions. And they talk about that for a minute or so. And then a guy comes over and has one of the cards. Until he's very drunk. It says in the script that he's the tinktiest drunk. But I don't think that's accurate. <laughs> I think he's very drunk. And, uh... He starts talking to Cordelia and hitting on her and everything. And Doyle's like, no. And Cordelia keeps telling him that she can handle it. And we find out the guy thinks that she is a hooker. Mm-hmm. And another guy comes up and he tells that guy that she's a hooker and Doyle's her pimp. And he kind of keeps going with it and everything. And like the only note that I have about this scene this part of this scene in my notes is that no is a complete sentence, even if you are a sex worker. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah. All, yeah. all I have that. Absolutely. I, just because you're a sex worker doesn't mean that yeah. you have to do anything. And this guy's just like, hey, you're a hooker. I get to be with you. Pretty much zero evidence that she is, in fact, a sex worker. So, yeah. Well, and I just, I, I want to go back to like the beginning of the episode and, and look at that card again. Because, like, I'm just like, in what way can you construe that card to mean, like, a calling card of that sort? Yeah. <laughs> like, do you think do you think the angel's like a person flashing? Is that what he's interpreting this as? Because <laughs> everybody apparently does not see an angel. <laughs> but why would a person flashing on a card being... Yeah, I don't get that either. <laughs> like, an actual, like, card for a sex worker, if they even had one, would be, like, just a number. Yeah. <laughs> It would be incredibly discreet. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So Doyle is is there also trying to come to Cordelia's defense. Cordelia's not really having any of it. She's shutting him down as much as she's shutting the other guys down. Good good for you, Cordelia. Stand on your own two feet. And uh, we cut back to Angel and Kate again in the middle of the, the very sad soul reaches out to sad soul conversation that they're having. Yeah, um, Kate's uh, coming on very strong. Yeah. And uh, this is this is the beginning where, you know, Angel's still kind of... I don't know why Angel's so convinced that she's the one that he needs to talk to. But anyway, he's just kind of keep asking her questions and, and says, you know, what are you looking for? And this is the first instance of, of the exact wordage that I searched. And she says, I guess I'm trying to make a connection. And that exact wording, make a connection, is is in this episode four times, and I'm going to point it out every time it comes up. <laughs> See, and I, I feel like it's more than It that. seems like it should be more, but I was just like, I'm going to search that. <laughs> I'm going to pull up the transcript and search it, because this is, this is just like, it's beaten into my brain by the end of it. <laughs> yeah, everyone's trying to make a connection. Make a connection. And uh, Kate starts to get up some courage and asks if Angel would like to go someplace more quiet, which also like is weird if she's there investigating. Like I'm just like yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what Kate's strategy is here or what like. Does she think if uh, she leaves with him, he's going to try to kill her? Yeah, like like, maybe he's going to attack her and like. But like, wouldn't he? Like I don't know. Um, (laughs) It just seems like all over the place. But he says know that he has to stay and she's very offended and then yeah, we she's like really hurt yeah like she's not i mean that is that is an attractive man i get it but still like you're on a job here kate is that not what we're doing here i'm confused and uh then we go to uh doyle still trying to defend cordelia's honor and uh the guys are just not taking no for an answer at all and eventually doyle just decides to throw some punches the bartender comes in during this 
bar fight. So apparently the bartender is also acting as the bouncer. Yeah, that's and not maybe really a thing in a big club like this. Maybe the LA. only employee. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that this bartender just is is the sole owner and operator of this entire bar at this point. <laughs> well, I mean, he's the only one we ever see. It makes no sense. But anyway, the they're throwing down. Angel comes and and you know basically just puts the guys in their places. They end up on of the course. floor. The bartender tells them that they have to get out uh, every night. It's something with them. And then a girl walks up and asks, oh, are you okay? And Doyle's like, yeah, I'm fine. Clearly, like, holding his head all injured from the bar fight. And Angel's just standing there being that attractive hunk of Angel he is. And she just completely walks past Doyle and goes straight to Angel. And uh, very quickly, we get our second make a connection when she says, it's wild. Us meeting over a bar fight. Isn't it great when two people make a connection? <laughs> yeah. Um, there is a very different conversation in the script. Okay. Um, she does the wow, are you okay thing, and Doyle starts to answer and then realizes that she's talking to Angel, and him and Cordelia walk off, and she says, I'm sorry about my brother and his friend. I can't believe they started another fight. That's oh. all I need. And Angel looks at her and says, what do you mean? Are you in trouble? <laughs> and she looks at him and goes, how did you know? And Angel kind of acts surprised. And then she says, I know it's crazy, but I've decided to go ahead and have it. And Angel says, have it? And she says, the baby. My parents have been great about the whole thing. They said they'd help out. And then we see Kate looking at them, getting kind of upset. And so we go back to uh, what, what was in the show. Wow. But, <laughs> oh, wait. Sorry. There's another part. As Kate leaves and Angel sees her, the girl also says, of course, this is going to set my singing career back a little. But then think of all the material I'll have for new songs. Ah. Yeah. And then we, we go to uh, the homely girl's bedroom. What a what a change they decided to make there. <laughs> yeah, it was odd, right? <laughs> it has nothing to do with the script or anything, which I guess is why they took it out. Yeah. But just so you know, in the script, the homely girl's name is Sharon and the guy that she's with name is Kevin. Okay. Well, you go. So we can actually start calling them by their names. All right. Well, we're at Sharon's place, I guess. Is this Sharon's place? It doesn't actually... Yeah, it doesn't say. <laughs> oh, I don't know. We're at one of their places. <laughs> And uh, Sharon's talking about how it's late and that she should probably go. And, and you know, it's just kind of like, like... Like they just had a very awkward Like experience. not the best. <laughs> not the best night of their lives. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, she starts to get up to leave and he, he grab, grabs her and says, If you have to leave, I understand, but I would just like to hold you. And then he wraps his arms around her and they just kind of lay down again very awkwardly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah. And then we're back at the bar because <laughs> we haven't spent enough time at this bar yet. Yeah. And it is the and end of the night. this one night stand quick. Yeah. <laughs> It is the end of the night. The hot girls have come and gone at this point. Oh, um, yes. They, they've already left with people. <laughs> and Angel's trying to figure out what Doyle's vision meant. He says, I, I can't imagine it was that we were supposed to come here to break up a bar fight. And I'm just like, yeah, especially one that y'all were part of starting. Well, that started, yeah. <laughs> because doesn't Doyle throw the first punch? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he does. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Angel says, think, could either of you sense that anybody here tonight needed help? And Cordelia has the best line because she replies, yeah, everybody. And, <laughs> I, uh, I would like yeah. to say that Angel has the best line, which is this socializing thing is brutal. Yeah, that's awesome, too. <laughs> very um, good. Very couple very good lines in this scene. Yes. So the chemistry for the, the main three has not really fully formed at this point. But this is starting out like you can kind of see some hints. There's definitely some awkwardness in some of the other scenes and some editing choices that I wish were tighter. But like this little back and forth, I kind of enjoy um, until we get to the point where Cordelia just has to do that info dump that they, they keep trying to work into the dialogue. And I was really proud in the first episode because they kept working like lore and info dumps into dialogue in ways that was really organic and made made sense but like here Cordelia's just like oh yeah and remember that if you like sleep with anybody and have a moment of happiness that you're gonna go psycho yeah because it has to get said yeah it has to get said and you know you have Cordelia there as your ultimate scapegoat for the things that just have to be said that people are usually not blunt enough to just say, say. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it is still like one of those like mm. but yes the 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 bartender says that they got to go home and they they depart as as Cordelia is pointing out all of this to Angel that he uh he needs to watch himself because she doesn't want to show up to work uh, for a homicidal monster, which no, I, agree, I agree with. <laughs> and then uh, we get a quick flash of Sharon looking much more sure of herself as Kevin lies dead on the bed. So there you go. That's mm-hmm. that's what happened there. Oh, the mystery. I do like the body hopping trope that happens in this, like the way that the killer works of mm-hmm. like transferring from body to body. I think it's an interesting way of doing this misdirect. I feel like there could have been ways to string it out just a little bit longer that would have been even more fun. I think it would have been more fun if it took longer for Angel and the crew to figure it out. And like I th- Yeah, if they I had think, figured it out yeah, so I th- quickly. Yeah, the audience figuring it out early, you kind of have to do because... It's going to have to hop again. Um, mm-hmm. And then you're going to be like, okay, what what's going on here? Though you could do, I guess, one more misdirect where you think it's going to be Sharon and then Sharon ends up dead without revealing what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and have that be a mystery of just like, okay, I'm confused. I think that's what you really needed. Just one more like moment for the audience to go, what? We're, uh, we're at, back at Angel Investigations. Uh, they're, they're researching. They're study mode. Cordelia's at the computer. She does not know how to use a computer. I don't know who gave her that job. Well, and <laughs> kind of like, what are we researching? Yeah. They don't really know anything at all, except that someone at that bar needed help. Yes. I mean, they can't, they find out that there's been like two missing people from mm-hmm. the uh, bar, but like they just kind of stumble onto that information accidentally. Yeah. They they search the bar uh, on the computer and they get two hits and they they just happen to be like people missing around the bar and then you're just like, "Okay, you got a missing and then a badly mutilated body." And I'm just like, "Wow, those are the only mentions of this bar." I mean, I realize it's early internet days, but still. I think there'd at least be like an advertisement. Yeah, something, I don't know. Like just a, just a. New bar here's, open. Here's our, here's our address. Here's where to find us. I don't know, something. This is just an awkward scene. Like I, I, I spoke about the, the chemistry trying to form. I feel like this is just, the chemistry just isn't working for me here. <laughs> in this scene there's something off and there's like an edit here and i can't not mention it because it bugs me every time i see it but there's an edit here when doyle goes to take over on the computer and angel asks how did you pick up computer skills cordelia makes the comment downloading pictures of naked women and then there's a comment there doyle says well that's more or less accurate and then the longest pause of just cordelia's face but she's not even really reacting to anything that makes sense for her to react to to justify that long of a close-up on just her face. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like when they were editing, they were like, we have no other good footage. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just put charisma on there. She's pretty. <laughs> they figure out that stuff and then they're going to split up again. Doyle and Cordelia is going to continue to research and Angel's going to go back to the bar to see if he can meet a killer. So you remember that bar that we spent so much time in? Yeah, we're going back to it. We're back there. <laughs> back to the bar. And guess who he runs into at the bar? Or at least on his way to the bar. Mm-hmm. It's Kate. Yay, Again. Kate. <laughs> and uh, he basically tells her she can't go in the bar tonight. And uh, she's like, well, where are you going? And he says, in there. <laughs> and she tells him to go to hell. <laughs> um, which I don't really, I still don't really get why she thinks that he's the killer. But, and she seems real upset about him not being interested in her when she's literally undercover. Yeah, like, I, I just. Don't, I don't get there either. This is the problem that I'm having. Because, like, I, I, I want to believe this idea of, like, her always being like, oh, yeah, I'm under, I'm, I'm the undercover cop. And I know that there's been a string of something here and I've been, but like, she's just kind of like way into Angel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I get it. I see what he looks like. But still, like, I don't know what the balance is here as far as how much of her is working and how much of her is her, her, like just being yeah. out. But one thing I will notice that always confused me is that whenever you see her with a drink, it always just seems to be some kind of clear liquid. Like she's just drinking like a club soda or something. Like she's not actually drinking alcohol. Um, well, because she's undercover. 
because she's undercover would be the would be the assumption. But like this whole thing with the angel and the jealousy and the go to hell and all of that stuff just doesn't feel like undercover, undercover. Kate. Yeah. That just yeah. feels like Kate being upset with this guy that she was flirting with. <laughs> and that he doesn't want her to go back to the club. Yep. So anyway, she goes in, sits down, asks for the usual. Angel kind of lurks in behind and sits further down the bar and she's just again very upset and then turns to the the blonde to to her left and says god you know some guys have real problems uh, and it turns out oh no it's sharon she's a killer <laughs> are you gonna tell us about it i don't know are you going to tell us about it well because the she says the second time doesn't she where does she say it she says i need to feel connected yeah, that's not Sharon. the exact phrase, though. I'm looking I, uh, for make a connection. See, I'm curious as to how many times it's said without the exact phrasing. Like every other line. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so not the exact phrasing. She says, I need to make a connection. Anyway, she's coming on to this guy real strong, who is supposed to be geeky, nerdy type guy, which they basically have him in a weird hairstyle and a polo shirt to make him seem that way. Mm-hmm. Because Again, that this is how you make nerd. people unattractive. Um, <laughs> and then you hear uh, some guy ask the bartender if he's seen Kevin. And the bartender's like, no, can't remember a night he wasn't here working the early birds. Which is like, duh. Duh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they talk about how he wasn't at work, so he's missing. And we go back to Angel's apartment, and uh, Dole and Cordelia are researching, and they have a little talk about demons. Okay, so I have watched this episode several times. Did they have a conversation about demons? And Cordelia talks about how disgusting they are. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I, for the life of me, cannot remember this scene. <laughs> you just block it out of your memory. Which is funny, because, like, that line that you said before, the coming for the early birds, I'm not sure that's in the actual episode. Is I it think not? that might be in the script that you're reading, but I'm I, I'm looking through uh, my like transcript of the episode and I don't see that. He just says that he didn't come into work that day. Oh, okay. So they cut that out, but that is gross. That when you mentioned that, like I had a visceral reaction when you said that. And I was yeah, just like, I don't, I don't remember that in the episode. And then I look close, but yeah, they just basically say that, you know, he's, he, he went and hooked up with someone and that's when Angel says, what girl? Yeah. I somehow managed to find half of the actual script online. <laughs> and it only, it's only half, like it only goes to the end of act two. That's so weird. And then, and then I go to the transcript, which that's, is probably what you have. That's so weird. <laughs> so I found half of it. And there was, the. it's the same way with the next episode of Buffy, The Harsh Light of Day. I've uh -huh. only got half of the actual script. And then I have to go to a transcript. <laughs> it's weird. And I could not, no matter how much I searched, I could not find the whole thing. So, yeah. Anyway, Cordelia and Doyle are sitting next to each other. And C Cordelia's talking about how gross demons are. And Doyle is like, well, um, not all of them. Some demons can be nice. And points to a picture in a book that is Doyle's kind of demon. And makes a comment of, ew, how could you imagine this one touching you? And, yeah, Doyle is uh, very obviously not happy about that oh so that might be different i don't know like okay that, so this was it i cannot remember that conversation yeah like so they talk about demons and she's she's just like ew demons are gross but she shows a picture of a demon with a intestines around intestines his around his yeah. head but that's not that's not the type of demon Doyle is. No, but after that, it says, Doyle says, well, you know, it really depends. Some demons can be nice. You just have to get to know them. And Cordelia says, no, thanks. And shows a new picture and says, ew, check out this one. And it's an artist illustration of Doyle's breed of demon. Oh, And Cordelia yeah. says, could That's, you imagine being touched by that? That one was cut out. That part was cut out. Yeah. She well, just says, Doyle I've met a lot of demons and slime aside, not a lot going on. Okay, yeah. So, and that sounds familiar. But yeah, so they cut that part out. But Doyle sighs and sulks off and says, could you imagine being touched by that? M mocking her. Oh, okay, yeah. That, that's, all been, yeah. that's all been cut out. Okay, so there was part of that that was cut out. We got there. We figured it out. We're professionals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then we're back in the bar again. Yay! I missed it so much. <laughs> 
It's been so long. So they're talking about Sharon and that's who Kevin went off with. And this other guy is just like, oh man, bottom of the barrel. God, she's like, she wears plain clothing. (laughs) The bartender's like, she's here tonight, but Kevin, haven't seen Kevin. And then starts to point out to where she is. Because apparently we're just going to give this random guy, you know, who appeared the night before all this information. Um, (laughs) There's a reason this bar is unsavory. And uh, realizes at that point that she's already left for the night with another guy. And uh, Angel's asking about her last name. And that's when the the guy who was putting her down earlier is just like, it's Richler. And Angel goes off and then he has to confess that he's asked her out a couple of times. Okay, hold on. The bartender makes this comment when she they're looking for her and she's gone. And uh, she says, huh, she, he says, huh, she was just here a minute ago getting it on with some screech. Man, that's two scores in a row for her, which gross. But also, can we, oh my gosh, does that not date this episode or what? Yeah. <laughs> getting it on with some screech. I'm like, oh my gosh. So yes, a- Angel uh, goes to the um, nearby uh, phone, phone, book. phone book that's just chilling there. That also Again, dates. The <laughs> <laughs> and he, he like a lot. He flips through, finds her name, and then pulls the page that that she's on, and it sees him like rush off as you see that Kate was watching him in the background. And then we have more awkward post coital. <laughs> Yeah, like everything that all the sex in this this episode is very awkward. Yeah, it's very not good. This this demon is really bad about picking people. He has it has no it he she. Yes, the demon has <laughs> no chemistry with. Well, when your end goal is to just get to sex as fast as possible so that you can transplant yourself into them, that I mean, no, chemistry is not that important. <laughs> this demon is looking to make a connection. <laughs> just want to make a it's connection. It's not about meaningless sex. <laughs> so, yeah, they have their their <laughs> own little exchange. Uh, At least Sharon does not ask Glenn to, if, if she could just hold him yeah. for a little while. She's just like, roll over. And he's like, okay. <laughs> After apologizing profusely about how bad it was. <laughs> and then uh, he, he starts to say, this is nice. And then... This is when it's revealed that it's some kind of demon that's like bursting from Sharon's chest and then going into, um, I'm just going to call him the Screech. The Screech is back. <laughs> it says in the episode that his name is Glenn. 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 Not the episode, the, the, the script. script. All right, Glenn. Glenn's back. So this is happening and Angel like bursts through the apartment door, which is fine because Sharon's dead, I guess. So, like, he can get through the door. But, like, what was his plan if he wasn't invited and he just drop-kicked a barrier? <laughs> That's a good point. He just so he just burst kind through, of assumed this guy was already dead. Burst through the apartment door full force, not knowing whether or not he could get in. <laughs> it could have been launched backward very, very yeah, it could it could have It could have been a bad time. So, yes, Angel comes in, sees that Sharon is laying dead, um, and then he looks over and sees the uh, demon, like, fully uh, burrowing into Glenn's back. He turns around and looks at Angel and says, you're not human, and and Angel says, newsflash, pal, you're a bit off the evolutionary chart yourself, and I'm just like, oh, these one-liners, these zingers. Yeah, they're they're (laughs) still... And then Angel, says, Angel, you can't be Buffy. You can't be Buffy. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, no. It's not your strong suit. comments, you can see me, which is weird. He what? It's in the script. It says, you can see me. I don't remember it. In the it's episode not in either. the episode. What a weird. I wonder if they comment. originally like, thought that it was going to have a different power. Or maybe the demon is supposed to be invisible when it. But like, does it describe it as a wormy thing that comes out of the chest and then goes into the back just previously? What, what is it? How does that scene play out? Let's rewind a, a little bit. A weird, wormy demon thing emerges. Okay. So, yeah, that's how it's described. I don't understand the you can see me line. <laughs> I don't either. It makes no sense and it's never explained. <laughs> well, they cut you it in the episode because they realized it didn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Basically, Glenn explains that uh, he, he can't stop until he finds the one he can stay with, that the one that feels right. He doesn't say this, but we are led to believe he's looking for the one he can make a connection yeah, with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting yeah. that. I'm getting that. 
I'm feeling what you're putting down. (laughs) Um, So basically they fight. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we see Kate in the doorway and she comes in and looks around and Glenn's already taken off. So it's just, uh, it's just Angel there. Yep. And uh, Angel and a a dead dead Sharon. (laughs) Things aren't always what they look like then she uh shows him a gun and a badge and says a lot of that going around and i'm just like like he really had time kate you just followed him there you know oh man he didn't have you know time to kill her yeah like truth like what has he been there like a full 60 seconds right and then she's (laughs) right behind him and does he really think and she saw him fighting with someone like she literally saw it it's like she put it in her head the first time the first time that they met, which was like literally 24 hours before, that he was the killer and nothing that happens is going to change her mind. Yeah. What I'm gathering here is don't reject Kate because <laughs> she'll arrest your ass. <laughs> She does. She does mention that she's been tracking him since last night. Um, we mm-hmm. get a we get a, a touch of it. Um, when she's talking about, like, he, he's explaining that you don't know you didn't see. And she says, mm-hmm. what I see is the carving job of an impotent sicko, which maybe I I don't even understand. Like, maybe she thought that he did this. But if she'd been tracking him all night, I don't understand. Any she of knows this. that he didn't. Yeah, like, it doesn't. And it doesn't, how does she think he carved a entire hole through someone's body? Yeah. Like, and, yeah. That quickly. Yeah. But... <laughs> But she does say it's frustrating, isn't it? Not being able to connect. <laughs> so we get that line at least. It's another, it's a, it's a, it's a reverse of what it is. But man, uh, again, hammering home that idea. But yeah, like I had not even thought about just how little time time Angel had been in that apartment for Kate to come in and be like, ah, you're it. You're the killer. There's the body. This all makes sense. And I'm just like, if you've really been tracking him since last night, how, how, when would he have possibly had time to do this? <laughs> yeah. It, it'd be one thing if maybe she thought it'd been a day or two, but the, the body's got to still, well, maybe the body's not still warm if the demon's like a demon possessing the a dead body. Um, yeah. But the the fact that she saw this lady at the bar like she looked at her directly and was just like god guys right walking to her <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then didn't she see angel and glenn fighting i don't didn't know she, like, on that while they're fighting i don't remember that i think she came in I mean, after maybe she didn't maybe they fixed that in post <laughs> I really, I know it sounds like I have not watched this episode to prepare for the podcast, but I promise I did. It's just been like two weeks ago. Yeah. (laughs) It's been a minute. I watched it a couple days ago, but honestly, like I watched it while I was doing other stuff. And so I'll I'll be the first to say that my memory is probably failing me on some of this, but I don't think she saw them fight. But the fact Mm -hmm. that she's carved up in the way she is and it's the same girl that she just saw the night before seems like she should be able to put this together and be like wait wait a second he did not have enough time to do that i was literally tracking him up until the minute before well, it's not even the night before he she just saw her that night right i guess i don't know it, it's yeah, weird the sh- lighting in this sharon, episode's also really weird sharon was talking to glenn but she's at, at the bar and Kate. So when she says, I've been tracking you Angel. since last night, that means the first night they went to the bar? Yeah. I thought she'd been tracking him since she saw him rip the phone book. This makes no sense. Right, but like, they that just happened that night. Like, she saw Angel outside of the club. I was thinking it was and he like. asked her not to go in. I was thinking was it was mad. like the next morning before Angel made it to the apartment. No, no, I think he, he, he was, it was like immediately after she talked to the girl and said some guy, like talking about some guys. And then Angel, right after that, asked the bartender about Sharon. Yeah, because it's still night, isn't it? She just left and Angel got the phone book and followed her and Kate followed him. So this has been like minutes. However long it took Angel to get to her house. So she has been tracking him since that is confirmed that she immediately thought Angel was the killer. It wasn't just like implied. It was like she has been from the night before tracking him. What are you doing, Kate? You're you're 
illogical like, why jumps. Why do you think this? Yeah, like you can't make you you don't get you don't have the cred to make these kinds of bold leaps. You know, only Buffy gets to do this, right? <laughs> because Buffy's consistently right Buffy. as well. <laughs> and we can tell you're not consistently right because you just thought it was Angel, <laughs> even though it makes no sense. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Okay. All right, I'm piecing it all together. Wow, this this is a this is a rough episode. Um, <laughs> wow, this episode makes no damn sense. Okay, let's keep going. <laughs> okay, uh, Kate's gonna arrest Angel, but ha ha, he gets away because he's you know got super strength Angel. and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so he he bails out of there. Uh, <laughs> he apologizes first. <laughs> he does say sorry. He tells her he's sorry for it. Uh, and then we're at Cordelia's awful, awful apartment. Ugh. We're, we're only gonna have to deal with this so long, but still, it's just the worst. And, uh, Doyle is quick to comment on it, uh, saying that I thought girls were supposed to like pretty things, uh, and she mentions that basically Angel told them to go there so that they could hide out. Doyle finds one of Cordelia's bras, and Cordelia just has the best line of, that is just so high school. Cordelia wears bras. Ooh, she has girl parts. Eventually, Angel shows up, and also, like, you know, after getting the invite in, which is another one of those sloppy, like, we gotta explain this whole thing mm -hmm. to where Doyle says, invite him in. As long as you're alive, vampires, they can't cross the threshold. So that's what explains why Angel was able to come into the apartment the scene before. Because you're alive, but Sharon wasn't alive. Did I get that? Did I get... Is that what I'm supposed understand? to explain? Is that, is that good? Cool. <laughs> so Angel gets in the invited in, and uh, then he kind of talks about Kate and how uh, she's a cop and followed him and thinks that he's the killer and all of that. And then after a while, he pauses and kind of looks around Cordelia's apartment and says, you actually live here, which is when Cordelia's like, it's not my fault maid service was interrupted. It was supposed to go home, hotel, hotel, husband. Yeah. And at one point she says it's supposed to go home, sorority house, husband. Oh, there you go. Um, I, it's not this episode. Mm-hmm. But I, I, you remember that? Specifically remember that from some episode of Angel where she <laughs> says that. <laughs> so Angel explains that he saw the demon and that it is a burrower. That's a hard word to say. Burrower. Um, it is hard to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which Cordelia confuses for a donkey. And then Angel, Angel explains it eviscerates its victim as it moves from body to body and it may only be able to do it after some kind of sex act, exchange of fluids kind of thing. Now, I'm guessing wow. later, later on, it seems like it doesn't actually require the sex act because when it's in the bartender, it's trying to like immediately jump into Kate without any of the exchange of fluids requirement oh, that yeah. Angel mentions here. So it yeah, it's literally, somebody. it's just literally, it's just trying to make that connection, Kim. Well, it says May. Maybe. <laughs> May, yeah. Like, Angel, Angel says, you know, that's a maybe. It's just funny because like, it, it implies that like the sex is a requirement and then later on it shows that it's not really a requirement and so it's just, point it's just enjoying the sexy times before it body hops <laughs> yeah i want to point out that it angel does say it may which may which will um explain that but also i think this is just such a poorly done episode that they probably didn't even think about it. They just forgot that that was something yeah. that they planted, that that was required in order for the body hop to happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Angel talks about how strong it was, and he needs to know its weaknesses, because it's probably going to be hard to kill. Um, they said that they're going to work on uh, looking it up and try to figure it out. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to go back to the bar, because we always want to go back to the bar. And Cordelia's like, what do you, th what, do you think it will show? Uh, like, you know... And he's just like, it'll be out there. It's got to keep trying to make a connection. <laughs> oh, and she oh. says, why? And he says, because that's what lonely people do. There is, this is probably the subtlest of Buffyverse episodes. Like, I'm really not Thanks. sure what the message is that they're going for here. Yeah, I don't get it either. Um, they um, need to explain a little more. I need a little bit more detail. I need, yeah. I need at least a couple more moments here where it kind of lays it all out for me. So, uh, montage time? You good for some montage time? We, uh, have Kate stepping into Angel's office to, uh, search it, and Angel walking around looking at people who are eating dinner. Kate looking into Angel's refrigerator. 
Angel looking at people some more. <laughs> then we have the demon and a girl laying together on a bed, and the parasite moves out of him to go into her. And then Kate looks at the weapons in Angel's house, and then see the long-haired girl who is now the demon looking out a window. <laughs> then we see Angel walking down the street. And it says that it's awfully bright, but according to Joss, it was supposed to be still pre-dawn, and they got it wrong. <laughs> I think like, you're reading from the mistake. exact same transcript that I am, and this is hilarious. Like, <laughs> it might be, because I had trouble finding one. Oh, so yeah. It, there might not be many out there. Yeah. So I always thought like it, it was lit in such a way that it was clearly supposed to be like early in the day and maybe just mm -hmm. like still overcast or the sun was low enough in the horizon. And I was just like, eh, it's spike logic. You know, you just sometimes vampires can walk in the daylight. It's fine. So during this entire montage, we do have a song playing. It's Touched by Vast, which is a really like excellent song like it's like i've listened to it a couple of times at this point and i really like it but this is my point of stopping and saying this this entire episode takes place at a bar and there's mm -hmm. a ton of songs in this episode most of them are just like electronic dance numbers that are playing in the background but there's like 11 songs at least that i've found in this episode and i'm just like you know what we're not gonna list all those <laughs> but just know but pretty much any time that they're at the bar, there's some kind of electronic dance music going on in the background. <laughs> After our night of montage, uh, Angel comes back to Cordelia's apartment. Cordelia and Doyle are asleep on the couch covered in books, get woken up when Angel enters. And uh, Doyle asks if he had any luck, and he, he says no. He says he knows he can recognize it if he saw it in another body. So maybe that's what they were going for with the weird, you can see me. So he can always tell that it's the demon. But he couldn't until that first moment because clearly like he was at the same bar looking towards Kate who was right next to the demon <laughs> the night that he was told that he could see the demon. You know what? We're just going to go with it. <laughs> just but go with it. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. Angel can tell who's the demon. He just knows. By <laughs> looking. Because reasons. Well, uh, and, yeah. <laughs> uh, Cordelia says that they figured out um, who it is somehow. And it's like some like super ancient demon. It's super strong, all that stuff. Uh, she says it's a parasite. It moves from body to body. And when it leaves one, not gonna gag here. But the first one goes kaplooey pretty fast. And then Toil adds, yep, curdles like cream on a hot day. And Cordelia has what is perhaps my favorite line of the episode. And there's been it's some so good ones. Great. It's so great. But it's so, like, I believe I covered that with non-dairy kaplooey is a sentence that somebody wrote down and was just like, this is, this is what true writing is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have achieved greatness today. <laughs> it is a great line. <laughs> I mean, it just is. It is. <laughs> so Angel says he's going to need help to find this thing that he can apparently identify just by looking at it. Uh, <laughs> so he's going to call in Kate because that makes sense because she's so trusting of him. Um, and they're they're confused as well. They're like, you know, I thought we were hiding from her, but Angel's just like, we were. But she's been tracking this thing a lot longer than we have. Sure. Uh -huh, by like a whole night. Sure. Maybe. Sure. None of like I mean, she's been tracking this a whole lot longer than than we have. So we're gonna meet at the bar that's been like the only hot spot of this demon anyway. Like, what is I mm, <laughs> what is this episode? <laughs> he calls and basically says, you know what, do whatever it'll take to to feel like you're secure, but you you need to come and I give me like five minutes of your time. Let's meet at the bar at seven. And she's just like, uh, what? <laughs> and that's, that's the whole pitch right there. I don't, I don't understand how she goes for this. I don't understand why she doesn't have several people coming with her. Well, she goes all by herself. <laughs> and he literally tells her, don't come all by yourself. Yeah. So we're back at the bar. <laughs> I've really missed this bar. I really like I, I know that, they don't show I was, it here enough. I was estranged for a while from this bar and it made me sad as a person. But now we're here again. And uh Kate's there. We see that the uh bartender, you know, the one employee of this bar comes up and asks again if she wants the usual and she's op op opens her uh 
badge and shows it to him and he's like well that's not your usual uh, <laughs> uh it's just so great though yeah yeah <laughs> she she basically says that she's looking for angel she describes him as tall and nice looking <laughs> um and he's just like yeah yeah sure sure um yeah, the vampire yeah that that no, i'm right so like here's my thing this is the demon right in the bartender uh-huh. and she says hey i'm looking for the guy that like can identify you and so like does that more motivate him to want to body hop into her or Less. make it make more yeah. sense that he wouldn't want to have anything to do with her <laughs> like a, a, yeah. again again confusion um but anyway he says yeah you bet I'll, I'll look out for him and then he walks off and she sits at this table and we have this guy come in and this is the shortest misdirect that has ever existed in any television show ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he comes in, he gives that same line of, God, I hate places like this. So you're just like, ah, oh, there's your demon. Ah, oh, that's your demon. And then literally they exchange like two lines. And then the bartender comes back. He's like, I found the guy you're looking for. And they leave. And then immediately we see that the bartender's the demon. It's just mm-hmm. like three seconds of a misdirect. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no other point. <laughs> That's just it. Uh, so the bartender's the demon. He invites her into the back alley because he says that that's where Angel is and immediately smacks She's her. She's so determined that yeah. Angel is the killer. Yeah. That she does very, very not so smart things for a cop. Yeah. Follows him immediately, like, turns around, call this number, tell the sergeant I need, and then gets yeah, like, hit in the head. Straight up, like, you were told to meet this guy here. Why is now the time you need backup. Why not mm-hmm. arriving there? <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like you didn't, like, I, you knew he was going to be there. <laughs> anyway, the bartender knocks her out. The demon knocks her out and uh, immediately starts to try to do the body hop without without any fluids being exchanged. And Angel runs in and tries to wake up Kate, Pulls her out of the way as the bartender tries to slam, like, an entire keg down on them, which demon's strong. Um, yeah, and also, well, it mentions in the transcript several times that he's stronger than Angel. Ah, I guess so. And then uh, we can see that the uh, the skin is tra- starting to, like, peel. Like, he's starting to, to come apart at the seams, I think is Angel's exact words. And uh, they they exchange a few more blows. And again, Angel is having a hard time fighting him. Eventually, what happens? Kate gets in there somehow and he throws Kate at Angel and then they fall down. And then the bartender leaves and slams the door shut. I'm trying to remember, does Kate ever see him to where he's like sloughing off his his skin? No, she does not. She I does not. I don't think she does. No, I think she's she just thinks he's day. just a regular like, yeah, human at, serial at killer. The, at the end. And he's yeah. burnt to the crisp. So like, I was just trying to remember. Okay, so it looks like basically in, in the fight, uh, Angel gets tossed down into the storeroom and then Kate's tossed in after him and then he closes them in and locks them down. Down there and they're just like we can't let him get away and angel's like well he's not gonna leave he's gonna kill again he has to um and then we get up one of my like it's gross but it's also like super satisfying to me and this makes me question myself but when he looks in the mirror the bartender and he takes his like piece of hanging flesh and then he just kind of pats it gently back in place yeah Ugh. Ugh, it's yeah. super gross i get it but also like it just goes in there so nicely <laughs> yeah but it's just super frustrating when it starts coming off yeah again. when it starts hanging again later i don't like it as much but like that moment where he's just like pat 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 and i'm just like oh you fixed it <laughs> uh, and then we get more yeah. awkwardness <laughs> Yeah, he goes uh, through the club desperately trying to, to, to hit on anybody. It's uh, very awkward. And uh, he, he starts with the first one. So I've been noticing how gracefully you move. And I was wondering, would you like to dance or something? Because I wish I could move like and then leaves. And then there's another one where he tries to hit on her with the color of her dress and says mm-hmm. it brings out the color of your skin. And then uh, ask what if she wants a drink because, you know, I'm like the bartender here. Mm-hmm. I want to make a connection. Yep, there yep. it is. There it is. There and it is. It's uh the whole time he's doing this, trying to to like hit on anybody at all. He's he's progressively looking worse and worse. Yeah, like, getting more and more zombie like. Yeah, 
Um, and while this is happening, we're cutting back and forth to Angel and Kate trying to get out of the room. And uh, Angel tells her we're going to go out of that window. And Kate says it's almost 30 feet up. And he pulls out some kind of Batman gadget. Is the first Angel gadget of the episode. Yeah, I missed him so much. It, <laughs> he shoots it up there and aims it at a support beam. And then the beam falls when he tries to, to pull on it. Yeah, and then they just kind of look at each other, and Kate bends down and uh, gets her gun and shoots the lockout yeah. of the actual door. And I'm like, why didn't you do that already? Why are you just why were you just waiting for that? But then we cut to the bartender, and he's still trying to to find somebody, and he basically just gives up and decides to kidnap someone. Yeah, it's like I'm not gonna make a connection anymore. Just come on. Yeah, which you know I don't want to I don't want to linger on this too long, but there is obviously a um a theme of of sexual assault that can also be read in the way that this demon works. And uh, it gets well, de- definitely there's no informed consent. Yeah, it gets a lot. It gets a lot more uh, aggressive with that towards the end. You know, knocking out Kate, kidnapping this girl. Like that's that's very blatant. Um, a theme that is touched on with the way that this demon works. But it's not something I particularly. I don't think it's a theme that they were really playing up a lot. But it's obviously there. Uh, so I I feel you know that it needs to be mentioned. But there's also going to be a lot of that to discuss in both the run of Angel and uh, Buffy. So we'll we'll save those kind of conversations for later on with lots of trigger warnings. But yes, he grabs this girl and uh, takes her to the alley. Angel catches up though. They've They've both made it out of the bar and him and Kate's uh, split up and he catches up, stops the demon um, before he can harm the girl and tells her to run, which she does. <laughs> and they have their fight. Um, so there's just this thing that happens anytime that you see like an urban sitting on TV or in the movies or something that I really mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel like is as common as they make it out to be. But like burning barrels it's just a thing. In the middle of the city. Yeah. yeah, it's just a thing that apparently exists at all times. But there's a burning barrel there, conveniently. Um, it was mentioned earlier uh, during their mm-hmm. their research uh, that they found out that the demon is weak against fire. Um, so, uh, you know, convenient burning barrel here. And as they're fighting, the demon starts to look like it's going to get Angel into the barrel. But Angel, like, slips away and they have their back and forths. And then ev- eventually the demon runs runs into the barrel and catches himself on fire. Um, He's still going, though, still trying to get to Angel. uh, But then several gunshots are heard as Kate has made it to them and is shooting the demon down. And it, you know burns to basically a crisp you know there's not gonna yes. be there's not gonna be a, a great I, like i don't know like what happens in a in a dissection of that like is there a demon just hanging out in there hopefully it's burnt enough to where it's not gonna be too many questions or the initiative's just gonna come in and uh, sweep it all in the rug you know some government entity is gonna be like nothing happened here this is not this mm-hmm. is nothing of your concern we'll take it from here but yeah like that's the showdown and thank you conveniently located burning barrel yes <laughs> Without you, our, our heroes would be dead. Possibly, because they were, they were getting their butts kicked. Yep. So, Kate uh, and Angel are there in the aftermath. You know, you got everybody, like, you know, paramedics firefighters, other cops, just mm-hmm. chilling. Uh, it's a very casual crime scene where everybody's just kind of walking around and discussing uh, as, as need be. Um, and uh, Kate says, it all seems to add up. The bartender was connected to everyone. So yes, just a normal dude. Uh, but no, he, he wasn't. He was looking for a connection. <laughs> The demon was. The bartender wasn't. Bartender didn't care about people. Good point. point. (laughs) And Angel says it's hard to get to know people. Um, And they thank each other for saving each other's lives and all that stuff. You know, very... Professional. Professional, you know, above board. There was no hurt feelings. I didn't have a crush on you. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) And uh, then she just, like, drops the bomb uh, on, like, you know, by the way, I searched your place illegally, like... No warrant. No, like, just did because it. why would you just say that? <laughs> he's gonna get you arrested now. <laughs> oh, he has to he has say, he's like, why are you telling me this? And she's just like, so we can have a fresh start. No secrets. Yes, she has a crush. <laughs> <laughs> then Angel starts to hand her the card, and then she identifies it as a lobster. Yeah, it's an angel. It's it looks like an angel. I really, I don't get it. 
And then just at a certain point, like when she says that, he just kind of takes the card back. <laughs> like he's done. He's just like, mm, maybe, you don't maybe need my not. Number after maybe all. not. <laughs> Yeah, you don't. You don't need my number. Uh, so uh, another uh, officer or some somebody somebody with an official sounding voice shouts for Detective Lockley from off screen, and this is when we actually see the angel vanishing, where he just steps out of frame, and suddenly he's gone. Yeah, like, literally. Yeah, she likes looks back at the place he was and doesn't think to look slightly right to see where he's walking off. No, she's just like, oh, he's vanished. <laughs> he's gone forever. Yeah. <laughs> what a mysterious, what a mysterious veterinarian. <laughs> and then uh, we're back at the office. Angel is pacing, talking about how, uh, you know, he, he Doyle and Cordelia have been cooped up inside a lot. And that, you know, he was thinking that to show his appreciation that they could go out first, like, you know, some fun, you know, fun night out. And this is when Cordelia and Doyle give give him the greatest gift that they could ever give him which is for them to just go home and to leave angel to be his dark broody self and he's so happy yes he's like yeah i'm I'm good with that he's like giddy to sit in the dark and brood about buffy because you know that's what he's brooding about (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) that's the episode so i feel like there's a motto to this episode but i just i'm having trouble connecting it's on the tip of my tongue what could it be Oh, that that was fun. We're gonna that get back. Fun. We're gonna get back to Buffy next episode. We got a we got we got a we got a familiar character returning. A favorite, so, a favorite. Someone I'm back. very excited about. They're blonde. They're beautiful. They're a vampire. It's Harmony. It's Harmony. That time. I was like Harmony. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, her too. <laughs> Harmony's great. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, we'll be back. Oh, Harmony, at, Harmony as I cannot stand Harmony as a regular character. I love Harmony. As Harmony a as a vampire is like especially top tier. when Harmony uh, becomes uh, her own vampire. Oh, uh, season five. Oh man, mm, I'm so excited. All right, uh, no. <laughs> I was not lying. That is who I'm excited to see. Like Spike's fine. Yeah, he's okay. <laughs> no, I was excited to see Spike. <laughs> I'm excited to see Spike. <laughs> Always. All right. Well, this has been our podcast, and we thank you so much for listening. And this is where we say bye. Bye. bye.